1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 1. And David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes and the captains of the companies that served the king by course, and the captains of thousands, and the captains of hundreds, and the rulers over all the substance, and cattle of the king and of his sons, with the officers and the mighty men, even all the mighty men of valor, unto Jerusalem. This is a huge assembly. Solomon is already king, and David is announcing to the people what Solomon's main mission is. It was always to build the temple of God. Solomon did a lot of things. He did a lot of building. He collected a lot of wealth. But the only thing he did that really mattered in his entire reign was judging Israel righteously and building the temple of God. 2. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren, and my people. As for me, it was in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and I had made ready for the building. It says that he stood up because normally he was laying down. When Solomon was anointed king and proclaimed king, King David was sitting up in bed because he couldn't get up. But for this occasion, it was so important for him to speak to the people that he got up out of his bed to do it. They probably brought him to a platform on a stretcher, and then when it was time for him to speak, he got up. And he's explaining that he collected all of the materials for the temple. 3. But God hath said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou art a man of war, and hast shed blood. Jesus is the name of God. He is the word of God and the name of God. When it keeps saying, for my name, that is a reference to Jesus, which means Jesus was in the temple. You know, the Father and Son are one. Because they are one, Jesus was above the cherubim as well. But because David had shed blood, he could not build the temple. Even though it wasn't a sin for him to be a man of war, he couldn't build the temple because God is holy, and in God's house, which is heaven, there is no death. It's everlasting life. And so somebody who had caused death could not build his temple on earth. For howbeit the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me out of all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the prince, and in the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. Now David isn't bragging when he says this. He's just pointing out that God chooses who he chooses. And David was the least of his brothers, yet he was chosen. He was the youngest, and he shouldn't have been chosen. But God always chooses the weak and the least. And in the New Testament, it says, In our weakness, he is strong. He's made it clear in both the Old and the New Testament that he deliberately chooses the weakest people to do his will so that no human can ever take the glory, so that the whole world will always know that that person could not have possibly done that thing. 5. And of my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he hath chosen Solomon my son to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. David had a relationship with the Lord, so the Lord had revealed to him that it would be Solomon. 6. And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be to me for a son, and I will be to him for a father. The courts would be like the outer court where the sacrifices are conducted. And it says that God would be a father to Solomon, and Solomon would be a son to God. 
Now this is the same case with Adam. When God made Adam, Adam was God's son. But Jesus is the only begotten son. There's a big difference between being a son of God and being the only begotten son of God. Jesus is the only person who's ever called the only begotten. All the rest of God's sons were created, but Jesus was not created. He is God. He is the creator. And that's why he's called the only begotten son of God. But all of us are sons and daughters of God if we follow him and obey him. And that's what Solomon originally did. It was later on when Solomon turned to paganism. But at the beginning of his reign, he was fully obedient to the Lord. 7. And I will establish his kingdom forever, if he be constant to do my commandments and mine ordinances as at this day. David's kingdom was established forever only through Jesus Christ, because eventually the kings of Israel did stop reigning. However, both Mary and Joseph, who are considered to be Jesus' parents, they were both from the tribe of Judah, and they were both direct descendants of King David. We'll go over their genealogies later in the Bible, but they're both direct descendants of King David. Jesus didn't have any of Joseph's DNA, but he was considered to be Joseph's biological son, and he did have Mary's DNA. 8. Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that ye may possess this good land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you forever. King David is saying what the Lord has always said, you have to obey the commandments of the Lord in order to possess the land. If they turn back to paganism, then God will let the pagans take over the land of Israel. And when they turn back to the Lord, then God expels the pagans out of the land. And this same principle works spiritually in your life and my life. When we engage in sin, the demons enter into our lives and cause a lot of chaos in our lives. Broken relationships, legal problems, emotional problems, problems at work financial problems, and the demons just have a heyday in our lives, even health problems, when we're indulging in sinful behaviors. But when we repent of our sins, Jesus drives the demons out. It isn't that our lives are perfect, no way, but we do get peace, and we don't have Satan messing with us in the same way. Now, he'll still try to tempt us to get back into sin, and he'll still try to attack us in different ways through other people, but he doesn't have the power to cause personal chaos, as he does when we're sinning. 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, King David, was speaking to the people, and now he's going to turn and speak to his son in front of the people, so that the people are witnesses. And he says, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. When we seek the Lord, we will find him. But when we turn our back on the Lord, if we do that long enough, we'll eventually be cast off forever. Because our lives will eventually come to an end. We can't repent after we're dead. We can only do it when we're still alive. 10. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. When God tells us to do something, we need to be strong and do it. Be of good character. Don't be afraid. 
11. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch of the temple, meaning the blueprints. He did give Solomon blueprints. And of the houses thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper rooms thereof, and of the inner chambers thereof, and of the place of the ark cover, meaning the holy of holies. King David did give King Solomon the blueprints and all of the materials and all of the manpower to build the temple. David did everything that could possibly be done except actually build it. 12. And the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit told King David what the blueprints should look like. For the courts of the house of the Lord, and for all the chambers round about, for the treasuries of the house of God, and for the treasuries of the hallowed things. King David was a prophet. Even though he's not called a prophet, he literally was a prophet. He praised God and worshipped him all the time. He prayed to God all the time, and he heard from God all the time. And when we read the book of Psalms, you're going to be blown away by how much prophecy is in that book. And he put the prophecy that God had shown him in many of his songs that he wrote. The book of Psalm is highly prophetic. So by the Spirit, he was also shown the blueprints for the temple. 13. Also for the courses of the priests and the Levites. And courses means the time that they're supposed to work. You know, like the changing of the guard, when one priest does this and another priest does that. And for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. And that would include everything right down to the candle snuffers. 14. Of gold by weight for the vessels of gold, for all vessels of every kind of service, of silver for all the vessels of silver by weight, for all vessels of every kind of service. 15. By weight also for the candlesticks of gold, and for the lamps thereof of gold, by weight for every candlestick, and for the lamps thereof, and for the candlesticks of silver, silver by weight for every candlestick, and for the lamps thereof, according to the use of every candlestick. It sounds repetitious, the two verses that I just read, but the Bible is very technical, almost legalistic sometimes in the way things are written. You know how when you read a legal document, it's also extremely repetitious? And this is to prevent any misunderstandings. So they'll say it with all the words necessary so that there's no possible way that anybody could misconstrue what's in that document. And that's why these two verses are so wordy. But it's explaining what is to be done for each of the vessels and how they're to be used. That includes the candlestick, the candle snuffers, the showbread utensils, everything. 16. And the gold by weight for the tables of showbread, for every table, and silver for the tables of silver. King David also dedicated certain metals and materials for certain things. 17. And the flesh hooks, and the basins, and the jars of pure gold, and for the golden bowls by weight for every bowl, and for the silver bowls by weight for every bowl. The bowls are used to collect the blood from the sacrifices. The jars were used for incense. The flesh hooks were used for the heave offering. Whatever the priest could heave with a pitchfork, that's what he was allowed to keep and eat for his family. Every utensil had its purpose. 18. And for the altar of incense, refined gold by weight, and gold for the pattern of the chariot, even the cherubim that spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. The altar of incense was already made by Moses, 
and the Ark of the Covenant was already made in Moses' time. So this makes it sound like they were either remaking it or resurfacing it. I think they might have been resurfacing it because if they had to actually remake it, I think the Bible would tell us that. I think the Ark that Moses made remained the Ark of God, but maybe they had to apply more gold to it. 19. All this do I give thee in writing, as the Lord hath made me wise by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. King David is saying that he didn't think of this on his own. The Holy Spirit directly told him. And the Holy Spirit is simply the Spirit of God. You and I have a spirit too. And God has a spirit. That's why we're made in his image. So the Holy Spirit is not a separate entity. It's God's very own spirit that spoke to David and told him everything. And David wrote it down, drew the blueprints, and gave it to his son. 20. And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, is with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord be finished. Meaning that God will help Solomon all the way to the end of finishing this house. You know, with you and I, we live in a temple of God too, because each of our bodies is a temple. Once we give our lives to the Lord, our body becomes a temple. And he will stay with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you until the end when you die or when I come back in the sky. I will be here until the end so that your temple is made fully ready for me. When we become saved, the work isn't done. We have to cleanse the temple, clean it out, rebuild. And this means getting sin out of our lives, asking Jesus to drive the demons out of our lives, obeying him doing what he commands us to do so that our temple becomes fully built, clean, and holy. You know, a lot of people don't have a fully developed personality. Many people don't. They don't know who they are. And so they seek out fashion and entertainment and money to try to discover who they are because they're not fully developed. And we can only be developed in Jesus Christ. And that's what building our temple is. It's the work that Jesus does in our lives once we come to know him. 21. And behold, there are the courses of the priests and the Levites, meaning the schedules for work for the priests and the Levites, for all the service of the house of God, and there shall be with thee in all manner of work every willing man that hath skill for any manner of service. Also the captains and all the people will be holy at thy commandment. King David made sure that Solomon and the people had all the information and all the resources they needed to get the job done. He went way overboard to make sure that this would happen. And it did happen because of all of the prep work and instruction that King David gave. And that concludes First Chronicles chapter 28.